2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank
2: of America NA member FDSE. Hold on. go
3: ahead. He's going to make a Jedi pun. Yes, I am. Oh, no.
1: no. Are you saying that he has the high ground?
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is why you don't. If he's trying to tell you to give him time, (laughs) don't do it. Just keep (laughs) plowing along. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns Podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith, as always with my co-host.
3: I'm Greg, also hey, known Greg. as The Stump. Hey, Asa. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing all right.
1: Are, are you upset that uh, the team from Armenia lost in the Europa Conference League?
3: No, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. So
1: we only are games, here.
3: Only games that happen on Thursdays count.
1: Uh, we are here to talk to you about all of the wonder of the round ball. And then also the pointy ball. Um, I want to say in advance that we don't talk about Nebraska versus Oklahoma this weekend, because if you don't have nice things to say, you shouldn't say things at all. So Greg, are we brought to you by any sponsors?
3: We sure are. We're brought to you as always by the anchor app. Whom we, love. Three- we do. We love our business daddy. Uh, it's the best free way to make a podcast. We're also brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, which is you can f- use for all of your employment and labor law needs, and also your name, image, and likeness needs for college athletes.
1: And you can find them at smithworkforce.com. So uh, let's get right into it with some soccer discussion with our good friend Ben.
3: How's it going, Coach? It's going well. Got some Champions League on. Uh, Mo got himself a yellow and got yanked all right. Well, I thought he got yanked, but maybe he's still out there. I mean, aren't we all just
1: sort of out there? In every sense of the words. Uh, In in, in Champions League news, uh, Tyler Adams and Jesse Marsh from Leipzig, they showed up in Manchester City. Uh, I don't know that they've showed up to try to
3: do anything, but they're there. They are present. Hey, man, showing up is half the battle. What (laughs) happens in soccer when scoring is, you know, like 75% of the battle?
2: Well, I've shown up three times now. I'm trying not (laughs) to.
3: Do you think that you guys ever wonder what Kevin thinks when he just sees all of those messages coming back and forth? Like, why are they recording a seventh time?
1: Uh, Dear listeners, this is take three uh, due to the wonders of technology and how awesome and completely unassailable the Anchor app is. Uh,
2: <laughs> Super we're doing stable. great.
3: We're doing great. Don't um, bite the hand of business, Daddy.
2: <laughs> Sorry. So you know, you know how uh, Norm McDonald died yesterday. Yeah. All right. So okay. yeah, people were tweeting out all kinds of like you know his best clips and stuff. And uh, the only <laughs> the only product to ever sponsored him was apparently something called Man Great. Yeah, I saw this. <laughs> and he somehow lost the sponsorship by making fun of Man Great so much. It was amazing. That's it's and he opens because he opened like every ad read with is your dad alive. <laughs> <laughs> and he got
3: Nick Schwarzen was like no. And like very clearly not enthused about the continuing of the question.
1: Um so uh yeah, so we love the anchor app and it's great and perfect, and nothing bad ever happens. Um so so, uh, because we are a uh, professional and timely podcast, uh, let's do a, a window report uh, of, of how the, uh, the last three games for the U.S. men's national team
3: went. Um,
1: obviously, uh, Can I point
3: out again that we are a professional podcast insofar as Ben has a professional job, which means he doesn't get to always grade everything immediately after it happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so,
2: sorry, sorry to keep everybody waiting.
3: <laughs> uh
1: so given given that the uh the reviews are in, uh what do the data say? Da- datum. What is the singular of data? Datum. Yeah. Datum. Oh, what, Milan equalizes. Uh so for those of you listening at home, we are recording at the time that Milan equalized. Ah, the 41st
2: there you minute go. Um so let so so, yeah, Let's start like micro uh, with like individual players and then work out to macro and kind of talk about the team. Um, the So a couple individuals um, would be, we, I think we might have a left back at this point because uh, Anthony, um, so basically nobody graded out well against Canada, like the grades were super low, um, but uh, Aronson was the highest, but you know, Anthony looked pretty good. And then he crushed it in the second half against Honduras. He, he was like the, the second highest score, and he only played 45 minutes. So um, he seems to have adapted well to uh, CONCACAF. Maybe, maybe the championship is <laughs> good preparation for CONCACAF. I don't know. It's possible. Um, but he seems to be doing pretty well there.
3: Um, I, I getting, getting the shit kicked out of you week in right? week out in the championship. It's like, oh, I do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. This is easy. These guys aren't using elbows.
1: So I have, I have sort of two questions on that note. One, did you intentionally not call him
3: Jedi this time?
2: Oh, you know what? I, I didn't do it on purpose, but I'm not sad that I did
3: it. Oh, I was going to stop him regardless if he tried it again.
2: You don't want to go down that rabbit trail again? Uh, yeah. Second, and, and somewhat- wait,
3: Can we tell you that you don't have the high ground now, you jackass? Uh,
2: Well, plus I'm pretty sure that rabbit trail ended with somebody pooping themselves in class.
3: You know, well, we were going to avoid that. This is a
1: (laughs) mess. It's it's okay. Uh, For those of you listening at home, this is a reference to something that you can't hear. Um, But uh, but the so so the the big takeaways here were that um, Jedi played incredibly well, and to be clear, when when Ben said that um, when Ben said that uh Jedi got the highest points despite only playing 45 minutes. You mean that in terms of in terms of, of like counting stats, not per ninety, right?
2: Uh correct. So like in 45 so I think the high score for the Honduras match was uh Pepe for like I think it came out plus twelve. Jedi managed to put up plus eleven in forty five minutes instead of twelve and ninety. So he he had he had a heck of a half there um well so that's good
1: so so the problem that uh the u.s men's national team has had it left back since well, let's be conservative and say 1930 uh <laughs> seems like a good thing seems like that's yeah, hope oh, seems like we we hold on would you say it's a new hope
3: god how do i mute you Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah right well done sort of thank
1: you um so so okay so so Jedi is the left back uh for for the foreseeable future. Who what what other what other big takeaways do you have on the individual level?
2: I mean, is this even a hot take now that Miles Robinson is our best center back? I mean, he didn't make any of the defensive mistakes that Brooks did, and then his you know his distribution wasn't any worse than Brooks. I mean, so I think Miles might be you know, the best, he might be the first, you know, first name in the defense on the team sheet at this point.
1: All right. I can't help myself. Is he miles ahead? God, God.
2: (laughs) he's, he's streets ahead.
1: (laughs) Well, if you're not streets ahead, you're streets behind. Um, (laughs) Right. For references to shows that have been off the air for 10 years. I hate Um, Yes, sir. So, So, but, but talking about Brooksy, um, he's had a bad, (laughs) bad couple weeks.
2: Um, yes he has
1: and i wonder you know the the thing is is that he is it's a weird thing because he's 28 and and the the sort of the traditional view of things is that like your prime is 24 to 28 um and and with center backs it's a little bit later but do you think that this is a rough past or do you think that this is this is sort of like okay like we need to start planning for a future without him
2: i don't know uh wolfsburg apparently put out some statement saying like We'll resign you, but you're going to have to take a pay cut, essentially. So Wolfsburg is, you know, I mean, that's not the, the nicest thing to say <laughs> about your player. I also
3: um, like to do all of my contract negotiations through, I'm assuming, social media.
2: Yeah, I think Derek Ray kind of put out something about that a few days ago. So you got that. And then the other problem is, so, you know, Greg Berhalter's, like, mantra for a while is we want to disorganize the opponent with the ball. And, I mean, breaking news, we still can't do that. Nope. And um, John Brooks is, like, the the defensive guy for that system. You know, I mean, he's the best in our player pool with the ball. He's composed on the ball. He hits a nice line-breaking pass. He hits nice diagonals. And if the team around you can't do it, like, that's going to make you look bad. So I'm not sure where that leaves Brooks
1: do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, of having like a quarterback who can make really, really nice bullet passes, but he has wide receivers who can't catch the ball. And so at a certain point, you're like, well, we need a quarterback who can run because we can't throw the ball anyways.
2: Right. So uh, if you listen to any of the, like the recap podcasts, a lot of them complain about movement off the ball, um, you know, TSS and scuffed, I think both mentioned it. And yeah. so it, it again, to go to the quarterback reference, like, Who are you going to throw to if nobody's open? So if Brooks is kind of, you know, waiting for somebody to make a run or this guy to make a run to pull this guy out of position and it's not there, uh, what do you want him to do? And at that point, like, is he your best option?
3: So, Ben, are you proud of yourself for basically uh, parroting Giselle and saying that uh, your husband cannot both throw and catch the ball himself? (laughs) Well,
2: you know what? If you can quote Giselle, you should probably do it.
3: Uh, Giselle,
1: if you feel that you have been misquoted, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear literally anything. Um, But not me, because I'm a happily married man. Um, My wife listens to this sometimes.
3: (laughs) When you put it on while you're driving? Yeah, mostly.
1: Um, (laughs) So... So I think I think I I've, I've been I've been sort of thinking about this not only on the the micro John Brooks level but uh, on the macro what is this team good at and how do you unlock that um and I think the the answer is is that at a certain point um and I hate to to quote a man who's brought me nothing but grief over the last 2 years but Josie Mourinho used to say um something to the effect of like when you have the ball only bad things happen <laughs> um which, you know, I'm sure sounds much more elegant in the native Portuguese. Um, but, but like, the point he was making is that um, in a lot of ways, soccer is a catastrophic game. Like, not a lot happens, and if you can avoid the big fuck-up, you win. Um, and that's, like, a very Big Ten way of looking at things, a very trustful ball way of looking at things. But with, with the U.S. men's national team, if John Brooks doesn't make the big mistake, we... Come away with seven points, right?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Sure. Or if Any... you have another
2: center back there who is a little bit more with it and can cover for whatever other mistake led to that mistake. Yeah.
1: Right. And so, and so I'm, and, and I'm not saying that, that John Brooks, John Brooks is like a, I, I think in a lot of ways, he's like a multiplier. He's like the type, like, like how we, we've talked about how Sebastian LeJet cannot be the best player on the field. But if he's your 10th best player, he's really, really good at that role. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, if John Brooks, like, just, like, cannot play um, with with people where he's the best center back.
2: Right. I don't know. And if we can zoom out for a second and look at, like, the team-wide, I don't know, philosophy or identity going forward. So it's been, you know, Burr stated thing to disorganize the opponent with the ball. And now I feel like it's kind of changed to, like, you know, uh, we need to change the way the world views American soccer or whatever, and lately it 's been if we can 't press and create a turnover, then we can 't create scoring chances. so um, I went back and looked at the the uh, Canada match, and I was just curious, so I sorted it by so I divide games when I score them into um, four phases uh, in possession, out of possession, and then offensive and defensive transition. So I sorted it by like game phase and I had, I think, um, 12 events in the Canada game that were, um, offensive transition. So 12 things worth noting and whether that's good or bad, whatever. And I totaled it up and it came to like four and a half points. Okay. So 12 events, four and a half points against Canada, against Honduras. We had 32 notable events in the offensive transition phase of the game that came out to 28 and a half points.
1: So, is one of of those better than the others?
2: Yes, in this case, in this case, bigger equals better. Not like golf. Well, you know. So, like, I I feel like maybe it's time to lean into that. Like Canada basically said, "Here, have the ball, do something." And we're like, oh crap, we, we, we can't, <laughs> yeah, right. It's kind of like that the team that like they can't throw the ball, so the, they just put nine guys in the line of scrimmage and like, okay, Denard, throw a pass. Um, so, the exact opposite of what Jimmy Lake did on Saturday, yes, yes, yes very much so.
3: <laughs> so, so I, I guess like the, the and I, I think that a
1: problem that Greg Burhalter on, on the micro level, but like really American soccer fans on the macro level. And the entire institution has is that like this whole idea like oh we're gonna change the way that people view American soccer why
3: like wh- why like but that's what- also dumb do you know what changes the way that people winning. view American soccer winning taking the shit out of other countries yeah <laughs> winning like like
1: if we play the the like grimiest grungiest bullshit counter press long ball whatever but we win then people start being like. Man, it sucks playing against America, but yeah, they're good. They win.
2: Right. You know who plays like horrific soccer? They play an old school 4-4-2. They play defense and counterattack. Uruguay. And they make the semifinals and quarterfinals like constantly. Now, maybe that's not the most fun thing to watch, but like I like to win.
3: Well, they also just chew on their opponents. And when I say chew, I mean literally. So uh maybe, I we, mean, should try... maybe we should try that. <laughs> I mean, it put it on the list of ideas. You know, no bad.
1: Matt, ideas. Matt
2: Miazga's down, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: he's there. Um, <laughs> Matt Miazga's going to eat the, Mexico.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Easy, Tyson.
1: Um. So, but, but like, here's the thing, and like, when you know, when we do these recaps, you know, we're we're able to sort of take these sort of bigger picture stuff. But if and 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 you know, I think Berhalter is sort of talking out of both sides of his mouth because you don't. You don't say we're going to play this, you know, disorganize the defense style of attack and then, you know, put James Sands and Kellen Acosta and as as your midfield. Like, that's not that's not how this works. Um, You know, you you have to you have to to pair it with the right personnel. And so if you're playing like that or you're playing in a quasi triple pivot, which which it looked like was happening against Canada, uh, at least for some of the time. Um, like there needs to be some understanding of like what we're doing and what the point is. So for me, like my thing is, is that if you're, if you're playing against Canada and you're going to play with defensive midfielders and defensive center backs and fullbacks who outside of desks don't seem all that interested in getting forward. um, Fine. That's fine. But you have to say like, okay, like what we're going to do is we're not going to give up goals. We're just simply not going to give up goals. And when we have the ball, it's going to be on the individual brilliance of the kid who, you know, starts for Dortmund and the other kid who plays regularly for Chelsea and the other kid who uh, I assume eventually will go play in Italy because that's where all Americans go for some reason
2: recently. Well, uh, and I like I, I, I kind of laid out three different identities that we can kind of, I don't know, choose from or play for or whatever. But it seems like originally Burhalter was going for the let's be a possession side, break him down, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that has kind of not worked. So at this point, our choices are the, you know, defend and grind it out and hope to score either on a counter or on a set piece. You know, like if Weston McKinney makes it back and, you know, he scored two goals or created two goals off of corners against Mexico. Um, And then the third option is kind of the, the, you know, the Red Bull style, the high press, you create turnovers high up the field and, um, you know, try to create that way because breaking down a set defense is hard. So, if you look at the personnel of our team, like that makes the most sense to me. I can't obviously speak to what, you know, Burhalter thinks when he looks at the the players, but that's that's how it looks to me.
1: Well, I I think when you look when you really look at our our player pool and and part of this, I think to be honest, um, you know, part of this changed it, it to my mind when when Tim Weah went out. Um, because I think Wea was the was the way that you can play in sort of the the ideal Burhalter world because then you can put geo centrally and then you know then you're you're looking at you can call it a four through three it's a four two three one with with Weston as as sort of the the other half
3: of the double pivot with with Tyler. So you're um, saying our tactics had to go a different way. I love you.
2: Welcome, Greg. What are you doing, man?
3: <laughs> it's infectious. <laughs>
2: Well, and if you look at if you look at the like the let's just say the first choice midfield right now is Adams McKenney, and then either Musa or Acosta, probably. Like, do any of those guys like scream? I'm great at possession. I mean, none no. of them are Chiago or Busquets or, you know, even Darlington Nagby. It's uh, just all those those guys are all action. Let's go, kind of midfielders. Which is fine, <laughs> and I think that that's
1: sort of my my point here is that like. I'm super cool. If our if our entire our offensive identity is we are going to press you high to death, best of luck. And if and if you have a game like against El Salvador where they just didn't want the ball, or against Canada where they just didn't want the ball and they just kicked it downfield, fine. Because at a certain point, you get into a field position game. <laughs> no, I'm I'm like I I I I'm I'm only like ninety percent kidding, or I'm only like ten percent kidding. Like the thing is, is that. Kirk Ferentz is
2: aroused right now.
1: That's what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> if you pin them back constantly, one of those long balls is going to land at the feet of Christian or Geo, and then you know you'll create something.
2: Well, and I I get that you have to be at least passable in possession because, nice. like, if you remember Liverpool, like when they when Klopp took over there for a while, like the other team was like, "Fine, take the ball. We don't want it. Take the ball. We don't want it." <laughs> and they had to they had to figure out how to break teams down cuz nobody wanted the ball when they were playing them. So the US is going to have to at least be you know, somewhat passable with it cuz the only chance the only chances they created against Canada were when Canada screwed up and we forced a turnover. Like the the Canadian center back that gave up the turnover for the goal got hooked like immediately. Yeah. Like gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but see but 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 to to my mind like I'm actually okay with high pressed individual brilliance because when you have Christian and his injuries aside, but if you have Christian, you have Geo and Aaronson. You know, can can do a little bit like that. Wea, when he's on the field, can can do some stuff. Um, Conrad has has shown some some one on one ability. Like you have enough one on one players that like something you you can you can rely on that. And look, obviously. I'm not saying like we should do this to the, to the exclusion of trying to be a coherent offense, like long-term goal, definitely coherence. But right now I would rather qualify, right? Like let's, let's make the world cup because that's the job to do. And between 2022 and 2026, we can try to figure out how to pass the ball.
3: Well, right. Yeah, but you but... also, it's not just a, I mean, I know the, the goal is to qualify, but you can't just put that as a discrete goal, right? Because, if you spend the entire the entire qualifying window trying to play a certain style, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we qualified. Now we have to implement this other style. Like, if you commit to the style, you committed to the style through the end of 2022 at least, right?
1: Yeah, but see, like, that doesn't bother me. Because imagine, like, if, if, if you show up to the World Cup and your identity is we press you to hell, we're athletic as hell, and, oh, by the way, Christian Pulisic is now – you know, it's Christian and Geo and you've got to deal with them. I'm okay with that. Like I, I don't know how many sides in the world are really gonna be that comfortable playing against us.
2: The problem and, is we kinda did that against El Salvador and Canada and got one goal.
1: Well we in, in those games we had we had either Christian or Geo and no way and no um Weston in the second one.
2: Well that's gonna happen quite a bit, I think, don't you? Yeah
1: well, I think I think that you have so to make. We're just going to start all of
3: the f- attacking guys into every match. Come on,
1: no. But what I'm saying is that at a certain point, you have to you have to create a system based on the the players that you you assume you'll have. I mean, if we're projecting out to Qatar 2022, then I think then I think that that's a fair a fair way to to structure your system. Now, having said that, if if there's a, a situation in which you know you're relying on there's no Christian, there's no Geo, there's no Weston there's no way up then look if we don't have those four i don't think we're beating anybody in the world cup like i i don't think that the player pool is deep enough at this point and will not be at that point because look we can all say like oh caden clark and Brandon aaronson they're great they're not geo and christian
3: you know Didn't we just beat el salvador with only half of one we, of those four
1: we did not beat el salvador
0: Honduras. Honduras. It. Yeah. i'm alex rodriguez
3: Look, look,
1: we beat Honduras, but, but I mean, Ben, you can speak to this as, as, as well as anybody. We beat Honduras based on what? Turnovers. Okay. So if if we're going to, if so like fucking commit to it, man. Like that, hey a, dub, a dub is a dub. Right. That's what I'm saying is that like, commit to the press high, be aggressive, be athletic. And if we have those elite class players, you know, they're not world-class, but certainly, you know, upper echelon players, great, cool. We'll score four or well, three, whatever.
2: And when I when I think to the the past, I don't know, let's just say year of performances, we have looked the best and most dangerous when we're just going health. Like we had Switzerland on the ropes and Switzerland, you could see at the euro, was pretty dang good. We beat Mexico in the Gold Cup final with our second, third, fourth string players because we pressed them. And honestly, we created more open play chances with those guys than we did in the Nations League, trying to play pretty, you know, play pretty not pressing. Like, if we, like, sell out commit to pressure, like, I think we're going to create chances.
1: And that's, that's really what, what I, I keep getting back to, is that, like, I think Greg Berhalter, and there's a certain style of American soccer fan, who wants us to be France or Brazil or spain in 2010 or whatever whereas we always look the best when we're just like fuck it press high you know 120 yards or meters or however long the fucking soccer field is you know 120 yards of hell and oh by the way you're not going to be able to run with us like this like i i love the idea of, of of going into these games and saying you can't run with us so you know fine the, the problem you had against Canada was that uh, they didn't try to. And the one time they did, they had Alfonso Davies, which is a problem.
2: Right. And again, if, you, if the other team just kick it back to you and say, good luck, like you can't then give up a goal. Right. I mean, I mean, that's if, if that's you're in it. one of these low scoring games, you're going to be like, all right, we, we can't have that big screw up. That's going to cost us one.
1: Right. So, so I mean, that, that's that's sort of the Im- implied in the whole thing is that, like, we have to be good at this. And we can't. We 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 need to have a, a system and a style, and everybody has to sort of fit that system and style. And unfortunately, there are two players, you know, at the center back position who whom I personally love and I or grew to love over the summer, who don't fit. You know, James Sands does not fit the system. John Brooks doesn't fit this system, but Chris Richards does, and Mark McKenzie does, and Miles Robinson definitely does. And there are other center backs in the pool who can play balls to wall and fast and clean up mistakes. And Tyler Adams was basically created in a lab for this system. (laughs) Yes. So, so I think, I think like, you know, looking, but, but sort of going back to the window without getting into these sort of like larger philosophical questions. Um, So Jedi at left back, John Brooks is, is somewhat concerning. I mean, were, were there any other takeaways about, about players who we might not have, talked about originally or or something that the data says that's uh, that surprised you
2: so well it was only one game but your depth chart it forward these days
1: <laughs> lol <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know jordan P. Falk just uh just scored against man united which has never happened in a uh champions league game for an american that was
2: cool. Ma- sort of i mean manchester united scored against manchester united <laughs>
1: Jesse Lingard got the assist, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, good job uh,
2: finishing, Jordan, but, like, that's yeah, not, no, no. not exactly a worldie.
1: Uh, it was it was a great finish off of, a, a, honestly, a really nice through ball from Jesse Lingard.
2: It was, yes. <laughs>
1: um, no, I, I to me, I think that that Pepe did some stuff um, that nobody else seems to do. And, like, it's it's like, um, I think that you wrote this. I, I, I read your website, halfspaces.com. Um, about like that like subtle push off on a on a back shoulder fade mm-hmm. yeah i i I really like that I thought that that was really good and at his age, you know the fact that he has like those little bullshit ideas like that is is very encouraging to me, but well,
2: he's eighteen yeah, I mean getting open and like um Peppy seems to have it whereas sergeant doesn't at the moment I don't know what what that's all about, but like right now our ford is such I I mean I guess it's peppy like right now our that if you have a good game I guess you're the guy (laughs)
1: it's 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 like um it's it's to me it's like uh when you have like five running backs in 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 the room and you're like I I don't know uh pot hand so you just like give everybody a series and if you play well you get the next series and if you don't you're (laughs) back to the end of the line so I think like Next time we go out, I, I I would be surprised if it wasn't Pepe. Um, and then if when if and when he struggles, then it'll be, I guess, Hoppy. And then if he struggles again, maybe Zardes will be back. And then if he struggles, back to Sargent and so on and so forth.
2: Yeah. I mean, Jesus, or Jesus, Jesus Ferreira is looking pretty dang good these days. Maybe just yeah. call up the whole Dallas forward pool.
1: Yeah. Why not? Um,
2: Seems to be working so far.
1: Yeah. Uh, but like, but I, but I think that that's sort of the, the idea at the forward position that nobody has taken it, and therefore it's by committee. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And and I actually, you know, increasingly, you know, you, you brought up Jesus Ferreira, who plays more not really as like a, a traditional nine, the way that Pepe does, but as like right. more of like a a false nine center forward ish thing. Right. And in theory, that would work really well if you have Weya and Christian because Wea presses the back line and Christian is a dribbling wizard. So theoretically there's like, there's some overlap there in skill sets that would be, that would be beneficial. beneficial.
3: But,
2: well, but and given I, given what happened last window too, like we didn't call up enough dudes like yeah. this time, call up Ferreira, Pepe, Zardes, p and Sargent. Like, yeah, he has to ride the bench or, you know, not get on the game day roster. That's tough. I mean, just have enough dudes. Yeah. And I think especially
1: it's, I think it'll be especially less of an issue, um, in October because in October by then, I mean, let's be real FC Dallas is going to be out of, (laughs) of MLS because come on, um, you know, Zardes will will hopefully be in form, and and there's no there's no there's not going to be any issues between Columbus and and Berhalter, and then the the Euro guys like they get they get like the prestige and clout and whatever bullshit that they, they they want from it. But if we if we call up 26 again, that's that's malpractice as far as I'm concerned. Um, you saw what happened. You know, you 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 were bringing in Jackson Ewell for that last game. He didn't play, but he was on the roster, and that's like a. That's a that's a panic move, and we don't want to have panic moves. Like I'm not even talking about Jackson Ewell specifically. Like whoever was brought up in that moment, it was a panic move. It could have been Cade Cowell, who I love. Like it would have been the same issue. Um. So I think I think that 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 you're right. Like I, I think that the big lesson to learn here is like, I, I want the forty man, you know. Bring in it's September call up time.
2: October. Right.
1: <laughs> October call up time. <laughs> like, uh, but but and 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 luckily because this isn't baseball, there's no like. Uh, Greg, what's the what's the stupid phrase? I
3: don't know I don't about going for.
1: No, about why about why uh, Ron, R- Ronald Acuna didn't get brought up when he was supposed to.
3: Oh, uh, service time manipulation. There you go. We
1: have no service time manipulation bullshit. Bring them up. Don't
2: care. All right. Uh, It's like I'm listening to my grandparents talk about baseball.
3: How you doing, coach? I'm doing great today, coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. And, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you
1: happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out,
3: completely free completely free but they say nothing is free well apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the anchor app wow well you know i'm I'm sure that it's like you gotta have some like super complicated studio or editing software right you know i can't say that confidently but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts i'm fairly confident any moron can do it well,
1: you know, any, any
3: moron can do it because,
1: again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well.
3: You can. I can.
1: I don't really know how to edit.
3: But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa.
1: Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg, for who, who I assume listens? Do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter
3: listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but you
1: know, people listen to our our podcast, and they they listen to it all over the place. So, does that happen by magic?
3: It it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it's because the
3: Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services.
1: And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google,
3: are. more do you need than those three?
1: Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um... So here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pra- paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app?
3: I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos if you yeah. are so inclined.
1: We're... we're We're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then
3: be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your Uh, ideas intrigue me and I would like to subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Every week. Um, so,
1: it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place,
3: through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So, do you, do you want to do, do the call to action, or do you want me to do
1: the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So... Dear listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos.
3: That's really the dream, man. How's it going, Coach? Hell, a lot better than it's going for Clay Helton. Yeah, he's he's having a rough week. He's having a rough <laughs> week. I mean, in fairness, uh, I guess he was still only the coach of USC long enough because they never got around to firing him, and they just did that this week.
1: Yeah, and like I, I really thought we were going to get like a coaching for your job bowl, uh between USC and. Um, Washington state. And then we just didn't get that because USC, you know, they
3: jumped the gun and that's not, that's not fun for anybody. That's all right. Well, I, it's looking I guess, like the apple cup might end up being a coach for your job bowl. So
0: that's, that's my favorite kind of apple cup.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, like I would love if we got like
1: a, a redo of the, uh, what, what was the 2008, the crapple cup,
0: the crapple cup. Yeah. That was God. I mean, between that and Tony Romo fumbling the uh I forget if it was a field goal or an extra point against the Seahawks in the playoff game. Man, those those are some of my favorite football memories right there. <laughs> I think it was the extra point. <laughs> oh well, <man>. even funnier. <laughs> oh, it's
1: so funny. Um, so okay, so so I wanna I wanna run through something. So um Tim, are you ready to uh explain to our listeners how to talk to their kids about a top five Oregon? <sighs>
0: They're just still gonna let you down. I don't know. How to Tell you, man. They're gonna still let you down. There's no way they don't let you down at the end of the day.
3: <laughs> Look on the bright uh, side. At least you guys don't have as much uh,
0: hope as Georgia fans currently do, which is only gonna end poorly for why, them. Like, why does why do Georgia fans ever have hope? Like, do they not remember what happened to them when they went to the national championship about Alabama or? frankly any other year since uh since herschel walker wasn't there like (laughs) why are they so excited
1: it's it's a funny thing with them because it's like they're they're an example of a team that like you would think they would have had it beaten out of them you know like there are certain fan bases that like my my own included michigan state like you just sort of are waiting for the other shoe to drop oregon
3: clearly but like georgia really believes this is the year texas a&m does the same thing Um, but texas (laughs) a&m believes that is a top five school despite all evidence pointing
0: the other way the the part of i i watched that game and it's actually kind of astonishing to me that colorado did not win i mean they got like stuffed on the goal line in the first half like they they left points on the board (laughs) because they thought they needed to go for the jugular and it turns out that they just needed like an extra field goal in the team
3: (laughs) like they they needed to get like a a gentleman's 13 yeah I mean you can't blame them for stepping on the neck though
0: like trying to typically they're right I mean like I get it you're at the goal line you're like we're gonna go for it but at the same time I'm like I don't know guys you just ran the ball up the middle of the last two plays and got nowhere maybe the third time isn't gonna be the charm here maybe take the three points because you know they can't do anything on offense so.
1: well I, I don't think that 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 colorado realized quite how inept texas a&m was until it, like you're in the middle of the third and it's like wait they they still haven't scored
3: i mean i don't think boosters are quite aware as 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 at how inept they are, either considering Jimbo got a raise.
1: No, no, I need to. I need to talk about this. This is my my working theory. Texas A and M football is a money laundering scheme because you, you can't have well, that yeah. many people. You can't have that many people have that much money poured into a single place with no return in any other aspect of the world without being like, oh, it's a front. I, and mean, I don't yes. know what it's. Yes, I don't know what
3: it's, it's a, a front, front for. I mean, <laughs> oil futures i don't know it's something to do with oil <laughs>
1: uh so so anyways like i i think that uh oregon oregon right now uh pole position for the playoff um
0: uh oh, what man. what just, that just like <laughs> sent shivers down my spine and not like in a good way i was like oh god this, there, there's a choke job coming
1: well the the good news is is that uh you know the the team that would have you in the playoffs the last time you were there uh you already took care of
3: so it's it's all good and the better news is is that the pac 12 is looking pretty uh weak this year so it's just gonna hurt more
0: when you inevitably blow it to let's say colorado it's it's gonna be like it's gonna be washington because they're really gonna just like twist the knife this time through (laughs) And, and, and when i say they i mean oregon not washington no washington
1: washington is a passive observer in all things as we've learned um but but they are and and like wait 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 i thought that was liberty (laughs) it was a cheap joke but we'll take it um the 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 question is is that it's like okay you look you look through it is stanford good or is usc bad the answer to that is probably yes yes um (laughs) You know, Washington or, State is not going to have a coach. Uh, Washington, actually bad. Utah lost to BYU for the first time since Joseph Smith crossed the Rockies. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know who's supposed to be good in the Pac-12 this year. I mean, is. Oregon, I guess.
0: I mean, maybe. Like, like let's see. Does anybody believe in – I don't believe in UCLA. Are we, I feel like people are sitting around and we're like, I mean, they beat LSU. Are they good? I don't know. I feel
3: like there's so many questions of that've been brought up already this year of is team X good or is team Y just bad and the answer to everyone just seems to either be a resounding yes or a I, don't know. I mean like that's the thing is that it's like uh,
1: Bama aside Bama aside and and Georgia obviously talent level aside because Georgia Georgia could be the most talented team in the country they're still going to lose to South Carolina this weekend. Oh,
3: yeah. um, God willing. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Like that 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 just feels preordained. But, like, outside of those teams and Oklahoma's offense, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I don't know. Like, do, would you feel confident being like this team is a top five team of any other school in the country?
0: Well, that, that's because- actually, like, such an interesting question because you're like, okay, Oregon's coming off of a huge win over Ohio State and texas a&m's coming off of an absolutely dismal performance against like colorado but like and texas a&m in a game together do we really feel confident that we could pick the winner of that
3: no no i like i, I,
1: I mean i think me. i've got a
0: 50 percent chance yeah but like
1: but yeah, like could I mean, you guess the spread <laughs> like uh, could
3: can you guess the spread no
1: yeah it's like i i don't know texas a&m by 10 oregon by 14 I... Sure, whatever.
3: Um, I think but, Texas A&M, well, I mean, obviously it depends on where it's played, but I think te- Tamu would be the favorite, but it, it's like a two-and-a-half-point spread or something like that. Uh, put it in Vegas. All all good things go to Vegas. Um,
1: actually, that that was not meant to be a natural segue, but I actually do want to talk about the Monday Night Football game, which was insane. We're either Did either of you watch? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I would divide I, it
0: half. I, I was I like, do. this game's over. I weirdly watched like the very end of it. I, I was working late and then like got home and was needed something to like unwind. So I watched like the back half of overtime, where I think the second play that I saw was Derek Carr throwing it off a guy's helmet. <laughs> so the that
1: that game was was like insane soup to nuts because it opened in a way that like you you super expected. It was like oh, Las Vegas is bad. Uh, Lamar Jackson is good, great, and then like like. Derek Carr and friends just sort of like kept chipping away and Derek Carr learned that he could throw to people other than Darren Waller, uh, which he didn't do in the first half. Um, and then like the, that game ended in, in the funniest imaginable fashion because it was Derek Carr playing 500. Yes. Like that was a horrible, yes.
3: Like he's clearly <laughs> off his back foot. He's just <laughs> heaving it up. He just like, for whatever reason, Jay Zay Jones just got, you know, five yards of
0: separation well uh, did Baltimore... he call game when he released the ball because if he didn't call game when he just chucked it up with his back foot i think they need to call it a time
1: yeah like that that's like you got to call it otherwise that's just bullshit but um it was it was a, a an incredibly incredibly stupid game um but it it like it it was good because it, it got to to like advance all of these narratives that we get to hear all year about how Lamar Jackson just can't win the big one on the big stage. And it's like, look, it's not his fault. They had a fourth, fourth string running back in pass protection and couldn't pick up a blitz.
3: Well, not even that, but like they blew, the defense blew it to the Raiders long before they even got to that issue.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I think that that was, that was fun. But um, what I do want to talk about is I want to talk about the, the Jalen Hurts era. Oh, uh, yeah. Tim, how, how, how in are you on this?
0: About as in as I am on Oregon any given year. I just I, I <laughs> that's like a three out of ten. Like I I I've seen all of these scripts before. Like last year it was uh, Travis Fulgham who like went off for four games and it was like nobody goes off like this and then doesn't have a great career. And I feel like the amount of Philadelphia athletes that you can like say that about who had like a short burst of just like immaculate performance where people are like. Well, if they're not a Hall of Famer, they're the anomaly. And you're like, son of, like, two years later, you're like, son of a bitch. All of the anomalies are Philadelphia (laughs) players. Uh, Uh, Just to
3: be clear, like, all of these reports are coming out of Philly, right? Because everybody I saw last year literally said, "Uh, yeah, he's not going to keep doing this. You should just dump him while you have a chance.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like fantasy football stuff. Uh, Statistically, actually, there was like a four-week period of time. Numbers over that period of time relative to, like, other first three-year receivers it was like a very short list of like who had done that it was like randy mosses and people like that and it was like you know the, the people that are putting up these sort of numbers over these condensed periods of time this early in their career it's really not fluky i mean like you looked at it and you're like it seems fluky um yeah
3: that's why that's why small sample sizes are fun yeah. james winson's on page for <coughs> 85 touchdown passes <laughs> um I, I didn't do that I, math, I, right? But you get it. Whatever seventeen six sixteen times
1: five seventeen times five, whatever. Uh that is right. yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's right. Nice. Good job, math Um so the 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 most interesting thing I thought about the Eagles actually had nothing to do with the Eagles, but how bad are the Falcons? Oh my
3: like,
0: god, they are awful.
3: Like, Just uh go back and listen <laughs> to the cold open of the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that that was i forgot that i said that and then i got i heard that is uh like getting in the car this morning i was like oh this is gonna be a good day <laughs> um but so so going into this
1: weekend uh you know because this is the uh the preview pod um oregon who do, who does oregon have to preview the game for us
0: like stony brook or something like that it, it's if the spread is 50 points it's not enough that that's who they're playing this weekend <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Uh, so the, the the actually one of the bigger games of the weekend um, is Michigan State game against Miami. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, I think we need to talk about the following. Auburn is playing Penn State in Happy Valley in September. Um, I'm going to ask you all, when was the last time an SEC team came up north to a Big Ten team? Let's see if you know. It's happened twice before.
0: Twice?
3: Ever? Ever? Ever. No, oh, don't friggin' uh when, when you well, define technically north, three what do you
0: de- what are you defining as north here?
3: Come to a, to a big, big 10. ten school. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, so, so LSU LSU at, at uh at Lambeau doesn't count.
0: Okay.
3: Is it something really stupid like Vanderbilt wouldn't play Northwestern? No. Uh,
0: so really
1: So it, it has happened I, I misspoke, it has happened three times before. They're um more. The last time was 2011. Uh, Auburn came up up north to play Penn State. The time before that, 1965, Georgia
0: oh my God.
1: traveled north to play Michigan. And the time before that, uh, the Army of Virginia came north to Gettysburg. <laughs> outside of that,
3: <laughs> outside uh, of that, I'm sorry, Virginia from <laughs> the ACC.
1: Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> But armies of the South tend to not do well in central Pennsylvania. I stole that joke from somebody, but you
3: know. yeah, that's okay. We just sent the army down to Atlanta and make sure that it didn't get to come back up for a little while. Uh, Northern Illinois just went down to Atlanta and burned it to the ground. Rocky Lombardi, y'all. Sherman.
1: <laughs> um, but so the, the Auburn Penn State game will be super interesting because neither of those, like b- both of those are examples of teams that we
3: have no idea if they're any good. Um, hey man, uh, according to Vegas, James Franklin could be the
0: coach in uh, USC by the end of the week. I, I was about to say, what are the odds that James Franklin isn't even the coach of Penn State by the time that game kicks off?
1: I mean, so 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 I guess I guess like that's the question. Like, do do we think that James Franklin, which which Big Ten uh, adjacent or Big Ten or Big Ten adjacent coach is going to be the coach at USC? Because the 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 betting favorites are James Franklin, Luke Fickle. And PJ Fleck.
0: I cannot uh, believe PJ Fleck. I can't believe I can't PJ believe Fleck. Is... How is PJ Fleck? I feel like if they hire PJ, how he's do you got the, the US most USC possessed. Boosters? How do you get the USC boosters and like hyped about PJ Fleck? I'm sorry that that uh, just seems far fetched.
1: PJ Fleck is is basically um, what's gosh? It's funny. I I used to watch a lot of Blue Mountain State, and I can't remember the linebacker's name.
0: Oh, uh, Fat yeah. uh, Castle.
1: Yeah, he's basically a a. Coach Thad Castle, uh, but specifically Coach Thad Castle uh, after he does cocaine.
0: But like, like, how, he's do a... you, how do you get excited if you're USC, if you're hiring a guy out of Minnesota who has not like taken Minnesota to a Big Ten championship game? Hasn't sniffed a Big Ten
3: championship game. I and yeah, mean, how, time... do
0: you, how do you sell your boosts on that? I, I mean, said like... this
3: elsewhere that I think that, that USC is going to overcorrect so hard for the USC man, uh, because it hasn't worked out at all lately. That they're gonna go and do something incredibly stupid, which would be something like a PJ Fleck or my personal favorite, hire Gus, hire Gus, but hire Gus because it's hilarious. Gus mails out running some high school bullshit <laughs> offense at USC of all places would be amazing, and especially in light of the fact that he he shares a city with Chip, like
1: chip chip also runs bullshit
3: who can out out bullshit the other one uh, except that like the meeting of the minds between those two coaches would be on such a different level so, that it would be absolute like i don't i know that he takes it seriously because he's a, obviously a big-time college football coach but i've never gotten the impression that gus like really takes it that seriously or gives like that much of a shit He's just like i'm good at this i'm gonna continue doing it Whereas Chip Kelly, like, I would 100% believe does the Adam Gay sleep in his office four nights a week thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Tim, I, 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 <laughs> I, I think I can confirm that from, like, <laughs> what the rumor and buzz around him was at his time at Oregon it was, like, he was a married to the job, lives, breathes it, there's nothing else in life.
1: Yeah. So, so like jokes aside, the, the, the new AD at USC is the former AD at Cincinnati. So, Luke Fickle makes like actually a lot of sense. Um, so, like, that's, that's the actual prediction. But hire Gus. It'll be
3: funny. Do it. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if Fickle would like, based on Fickle turning down, this is going to sound really dumb, but based on Fickle turning down MSU, like, is, is you, like, USC is a better job, but, you have higher expectations. It's more of a dysfunctional school right now. Like, do you really want to mess around with that? Or do you just want to wait for Ryan day to implode? So I would have said that
1: had, had they fired Clay Helton in January uh, when it made sense to do so. uh, And they tried to get Luke fickle. Then I think that they would have gotten him. I think that Luke fickle is looking over at Columbus and being like, I just got to wait three weeks like
0: do you really think they're going to implode that badly no, no i think no,
3: ryan no. i think ryan day's going to see the writing on the wall and take a take an nfl job
0: yeah i, th- I think i think that he he
1: has he, he he'll he'll be like a better version of cliff cliff kingsbury coming out of college like i think he'll have a lot of cachet and i think that there are enough boosters who still have luke fickle's job uh phone number that <laughs> they'll be like hey man chill out relax like it's yours
3: I also like all of the rumor or all of the guesses of urban to USC because, but it, that, that makes no sense to me. I would think that if you want, if they want an urban, either a, you fire clay in January would make sense or b you, like, you kind of have to wait a couple of weeks. Cause if urban goes, Oh, and two, and then jumps to the NFL, like that stain's going to be on him for a long ass time. Cause he's Saban jumping it. back. Yeah, but Saban was a lot younger. Saban managed to rack up how many national championships after doing it? Urban <laughs> is that it? It actually seems like more. Yeah,
1: he's he's one at Bama and one at or maybe four at Bama and one at LSU. Five at Bama?
3: I think That sounds that sounds a lot low lower than I was expecting. Because he's been there like twelve Oh, 12 years. All right. Either way. Urban's not going to get the same number of uh, national title titles. Urban might have a little bit of a hard time getting that stink off him.
0: Also, like if urban wanted to be at USC, like USC had to know, like with Clay Helton's situation last year, that like somebody had to make a soft phone call to urban. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's no way it's hard to believe that that's not a dialogue.
1: Yeah. Somebody, somebody has reached out to urban from the USC community uh, prior to firing Clay Helton. The question I have is, do you fire Clay Helton without knowing who you're replacing him with? Because if not, why do you fire him after week two?
3: Yeah, I think there's something that's behind the scenes here that we don't know about yet that's going to oh, come yeah. out. And everybody's going to be like,
1: ah, uh, yes. <laughs> like, yes, that that makes sense. The funniest because answer how can is-
0: you the- be, How could you be on such a short leash that it's like, oh, you lose Stanford week two and we're firing you? that just well, seems crazy
3: or he did something like completely egregious that we're that we're not even considering but yeah. like even even but but, but remember Sarkisian got
1: put on on indefinite suspension before they fired him for egregious bullshit well yeah but he
3: showed up like, I'm again. saying more egregious than that more going up drunk yeah i feel like we would know from police reports that's what i'm saying like <laughs> I, I don't think it's that because there's no way you would have been able to keep that under wraps. Yeah.
1: So so I think uh I think that that the answer is probably Luke Fickle. Um but I I think more than Luke Fickle I think the answer is like they know what they're doing. They just need to like will 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 know soon. I think that they should bring back Sark.
0: I think you should bring back Kiffin. Oh I mean, yeah, yes. <laughs> Actually, give me Bonty Kiffin. Let's uh, let's go real old school here.
3: Build <laughs> a defensive stalwart, uh, or just bring in Suitman. Yeah, do Suitman. He sucks. Yeah. Um. So, so I've I think... already vindicated this season because it looks like Iowa State is not going to be able to do what they did last season. And everybody that's saying, "Oh, he's such a great coach. Look what he managed to do at Iowa State." It's like, yeah, man. Every once in a while, a smaller program lucks into some success. Look at what Pat Fitzgerald
0: can do with Northwestern every four years. Even, me, a, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. And
1: and that acorn turned out to be a gimmick defense where you you went, ascent, what was it, like a 3-1 or whatever?
0: Or, or a scared cat it.
3: finds a nice landing spot in the stadium.
1: Which brings us to Miami. Um, that was a good segue. I appreciate that. Uh so Michigan State travels down to Miami. The reports are that uh Michigan State fans are like swarming southern southern Florida because Miami fans are not all that excited about this season. Turns out uh getting smacked by Bama and then uh almost losing to Appalachian State can really put a damper on the season. Um so given all that and given that Michigan State is feeling good about itself, uh what odds would I need to give you in order for you to bet on Michigan State to win this game?
0: To win? Like, I think I'm going to need, like, plus
3: ten and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what I was going to say.
1: Like, this this is setting up for, like, Michigan State noon in, in Miami in September to get just, like,
3: blown out, right? With a tropical yeah. storm uh, currently raging over the Atlantic, so there's yeah. going to be some weird uh, weather stuff
1: yeah this this has all the makings of a bad time for our for our friends from East Lansing. Um, but but it'll that be... having
3: been said, I'm actually more confident in this game than I was at the start of year.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yes, because it, and it's it's a it's it's an interesting concept because Miami has now struggled with two different very good teams, like make no mistake. Appalachian State is a very, very good team. They are better than most teams that are in the power five um and bama is better than everybody so they've struggled with two good teams and i don't know if michigan state is good i have my doubts but it'll be it'll be very interesting because if michigan state can harass dierrick king i don't know what their second option is
3: so like that I, was, I, that's what i was going to say they very visibly miami has wilted the second that they've faced any sort of like opposition. They're off like you can just see it in the, and I I usually think this is kind of overrated to to pin hopes on this. But you can actually watch the Miami players like tighten up and all of a sudden be like, "Oh crap, we're behind. Like I have to hit this block. I have to make this catch. Oh no, I didn't make this catch. Everything's going to shit." Yeah,
1: they're they're not a they're not a very mentally strong team at this point, which makes sense because, you know, why would they be? Um, but I I think it'll be interesting. I think that that this game comes down to uh, Michigan State has scored on their first play from scrimmage the last two weeks, uh, 75 yard run and then 75 yard pass. I think if Michigan State. Can continue, yep, I think if Michigan State can continue to do that. Uh, they'll be in good shape. Uh, that's a hot take.
3: I think if they score on their first play from scrimmage, they will be in good shape. I'll take it uh, a step further. I think if they score on the first play of every drive, then they'll they'll be in perfect shape to
0: win.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a hot take. I don't know if, if if that'll bear out. But if they do that, it'll be interesting to see if Greg, they win.
0: I, I, Greg, I just I, I can't agree with that logic. I, it doesn't make it doesn't <laughs> compute. <a mic. laughs>
1: um. So the other game this weekend that that any of us remotely care about is uh Rocky Lombardi's triumphant return to Ann Arbor. Um. If you're the Michigan defense, how scared are you?
3: I think the opposite. I think that I think that Rocky's going to have a very bad, very bad
0: Saturday. Agreed.
1: So, so, so no. So, so is this like a like the actual end of Rocky? But like instead of winning, he just gets his ass beat because that's yeah, Rocky, which, which
3: Rocky's going to get hit a lot. Which it's a worse offensive line. It's a more pissed off defense. Hutchinson's back, like rocky's gonna rocky's not gonna feel great on sunday morning uh, are, are, are we talking like
1: apollo creed not feeling good Ooh. or 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 rocky against apollo creed not feeling good
0: also we really need to be specifying which movie here because apollo creed we could be talking one we could be talking two could be talking four <laughs> now like which apollo creed which which rocky here Four when he dies. Like, none of them look good. Okay. But when he dies, fine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rocky Lombardi is going to be feeling the way Devin Gardner
0: did the last time he had to play Michigan State. Gonna
3: have a bad time. (sighs) Broken.
1: (laughs) 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 Special thank you to our guest, Tim, uh, who you can't find on the internet because he doesn't believe in it. And Ben, who you can find at halfspaces.com, as well as on Twitter, at BLHerald. Uh, Stumpy, where can we find you?
3: I'm at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 And where can you find everybody, including
1: you, but also me?
3: And sometimes uh, Dash Angus at <laughs> TLS at underscore N underscore TDS
1: so we are we're on twitter we're talking about whatever comes up uh, occasionally uh, things other than football and soccer but usually football and soccer um we don't have an instagram uh we're working on it we'll get that up and running shortly i'm sure um just as just as soon as we can uh special thank you to our sponsors um the smith workforce management group and uh our dear dear friends at the anchor app um please don't be mad at us
3: <laughs> hi <High> business daddy <laughs>
1: um, and, and uh, as always, thank you to my to my co-host, Stumpy. He's a, he's a good sport. And thank you to you, the listeners. Uh, we wouldn't and couldn't do this without you. So um, please give us a like, uh, subscribe, five stars, etc., cetera, uh, wherever you get this podcast. Um, and share it with your friends because uh, sharing is caring.
3: I have nothing else to add.
1: <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.